Welcome to Beyond the Art, where creativity knows no bounds and innovation takes center stage. Join us on a captivating journey through the realms of the Native American art world, exploring the untold stories, inspirations, and the sheer brilliance that fuels the world of Indigenous artistry. Welcome to Beyond the Art, and today we have as our guest KP from Black Belt Eagle Scout. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, share with us your story behind the name Black Belt Eagle Scout. What inspired the choice and where did this come from? Oh, well, so I was in, I started, you know, crafting, figuring out Black Belt Eagle Scout music over 10 years ago and was playing with some friends. And I was the the songwriter and was like, friends, can we like figure out maybe a live show together? And we had a band going and um, we were like, we need a name, obviously. And so one of my friends was like, okay, what about Black Belt Eagle Scout? Or what about this other name, which I'm not going to say because it's just like this silly side joke. Um, and we ended up going with this silly side joke name. And then that band disbanded. They all are incredible musicians and they were had their own like other projects. And so um, I was like, well, I still want to do this music. And um, can I use can I use that name? Because I have such a terrible time figuring out what I want to be called. And like um, just uh, yeah, I I. I can never make a decision. And so I'm always like, can someone else please make a decision for me? But I think like the name itself, Black Belt Eagle Scout was mainly just like conversational. Like, um, do you think that there's a Black Belt and an Eagle Scout out there? Do they exist? And since touring under that name, yes, they do exist. Uh, people have come out to the shows and they were like, are you a Black Belt and an Eagle Scout? Or they're like, I'm a Black Belt and I'm an Eagle Scout. So those are that's something uh, something funny that has happened since since the name came into existence. Um, but yeah, it's I wish that there was more of like an artsy story behind it, because I think it's it is kind of a strong name um, and especially to have and to hold as an indigenous woman. I'm like, I'm Black Belt Eagle Scout, but it's it's not that strong of a backstory. <laughs> hey, but it works. Your music often explores themes of identity and culture. How does your personal experience influence your songwriting? I I think that I've always written from a place of identity just because I think it's been a tool that I've used to help process emotions, like kind of like a therapeutic way and just to figure out who I am. And so I, yeah, it's it just is. I, it is. It just is. That's what I do. And that's what I'll always do, whether or not I feel like I'll keep doing this genre of music or style of music that I'm doing, or I'll change or something. I think I'll always have myself and my identity within that music just because it, it just is. Now, some of your music that you pull from your life experiences and part of your culture and heritage of growing up as an Indigenous person... I think that most of the time I write about emotions. Um, I write about feelings and I, I, I write that from my perspective. Mm -hmm. And so I think that at least like with the studio albums that I have, I have been kind of creating like little um, 
documentary type things of like, this is what I think about what I've gone through in these certain times. And I will share that through emotion. And so a lot of it, a lot of it is, yeah, I guess like personal experience, but also like reflection and how I feel about just the world and things. And there's certain themes like within the album, um, each album, like my latest album, The Land, The Water, The Sky is about connection to homelands. The album before that, um, At the Party With My Brown Friends, had like more of a theme about friendship. And then the album, my first studio album, uh, Mother of My Children, was sort of about kind of more like queer identity, um, emotional heartbreak, things like that, like love and stuff. There's there's sort of always like love is a central theme, though, mm-hmm. I think, throughout my music. And so, yeah, um, uh, I've always wondered if I could ever write some sort of like, this is the history of these people like in this kind of like Americana folk way, but I don't know. It's, I think that I first and foremost, you it's because I use like my music as, as a way to, to feel better and, or just to feel. Yeah. Have you seen your own personal journey and transition from an artist from your first album to your last album? And how has that experience been inputted into you as an artist, but also into this next album? Yeah, I I mean, so that's a big question because I think like with <laughs> with with like art, yeah, I've I in like craft, yeah, I've definitely grown a lot, and I feel like I've become more confident in like the way that I play, my choices of how I want to, you know, uh, create songs, and it's just a growing process, which is is cool to think about because it's been such a short amount of time. And then I think about like, you know, where I'm going to be in 10 years, where I'm going to be in 20 years. Like I get excited for this path of growth that I'm currently on that like, I'm just like, yeah, I just want to keep growing. I'm cool with this feeling right now. Um, And then there's the other side of music too, which is, uh, I don't know if it's beyond the art (laughs) or it's on the other side of the art (laughs) or whatever, but there's like kind of the (laughs) business, yeah, there's like the business side of it too. And I had the opportunity to jump on this like moving vehicle of the music industry. And so I've learned a lot in that process as well of, of what, what that looks like of being an artist and you know, figuring, figuring that whole thing out myself, which is, I'm still figuring out. I just, yeah. Speak about your creative process. How do you approach songwriting and collaboration within the band? I mean, so Black Belt Eagle Scout is me. I create the songs for the band. And the band is people who I ask nicely to to join and to go on tour with me and I try to be like a, as good of a band leader and boss and you know whatever as as I possibly can um and so um yeah I've always just known that I wanted to do this musical project by myself but also with help too like it takes a lot of people to to figure out how to, you know, have, have this band. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think for like 
my creative process starts very small. It starts with just me and my guitar. I write mainly with my guitar and I am um, usually like somewhere quiet. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that like I, I've, I've each time I, I have put something out, I've been in a different place. Um, And so like I've been in a different location. And it's just happened like that. Like each album that I've had, I've been in a different writing location. And so I, I tend to just ha- have a location. I'm trying to build up like a little studio right now where I can just sort of have a, um, have a spot to play guitar. Um, I picked, I put an armchair by a window that looks over to the woods. I think that's a part of my creative process. <laughs> and I'm going to fill it with art and whatnot. Like you can see where I, I don't know if the people will be able to see where I am. They will. They will. Oh, great. Okay. Well, I'm in a messy office right now. (laughs) It's not my studio, but you can see it. It doesn't have any, any stuff on the walls. It's very sterile. (laughs) Yeah. Very very sterile. sterile. So my other space, it's going to be warm and inviting. And I think that's the, the, the big key of the creative process is that I, I need like a space where I feel comfortable. Um, and that's like very foundational for me. I have to feel comfortable. Like I want to like lay on the floor and like sleep on the floor and like be able to like, just like have like cups of tea and whatnot next to me when I'm playing guitar. And that's where the kind of juice of that creative process starts. And then I, expand like then I after I have this like kind of like homey comforting feeling then I like to expand into different areas like my last album I went out into nature and I wrote a lot and I never really done that before and it was special because it was like places in my homelands that I feel very connected to and um then like uh yeah and so I think that's in terms of like creative process that's like what it begins with. Are you very regimented on yourself of sitting down or going to the place and no. writing? No, no. In fact, I feel like almost very like procrastinator about it. Like, I think, I think that like, cause I know that like once I sit down and play guitar, I'll be very happy, but I just can't. And I think that also has to do with like all the things that I do in my life. <laughs> Like I keep, I keep telling myself, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to go in the room and play guitar, but maybe tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Like walk near the door, like maybe, I don't know. But yeah, it, and I think that also is like, it just, it'll happen when it happens. And when it happens, I have to trust that. So in the three albums that you have, was there a definite theme? when you started writing the music that you wanted to include in each album, or is it just kind of organically came together? It's just very organic. Yeah. Most of the time I just feel very lucky to be able to do what I do. (laughs) So (laughs) just like, yeah, I don't have like this master plan of like all my albums and my whole like trajectory of music (laughs) career. I'm just like, yeah, I'm just this person that, you know, plays music. I go on tour (laughs) and this is, this is my life. So yeah. That's where I'm at with it, I think. In your opinion, how has the music industry evolved in terms of inclusivity and representation, especially for the indigenous and unrepresented voices? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I I have lots of thoughts on it, and I also get afraid when people ask me these questions because I'm like, <laughs> don't want to get canceled or like right. say the wrong thing. <laughs> but I I think that there still needs to be more space and opportunities for indigenous musicians. I still feel like I'm very much alone sometimes whenever I'm out on the road and on tour. Like I don't see a lot of indigenous musicians getting the same opportunities that I have. And I also feel like I have to be the one to give people opportunities too, because I have this like foot in the door. Like I, I was, I was looking on Instagram yesterday and Sterling Harjo posted something about this interview he did, which was essentially like, I can't just go in this room and like just be myself. I have to, you know, hold the door open for people. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's how I feel. Like, I feel like because I have this opportunity, which is kind of ridiculous to say, <laughs> like it's 2024 and I'm like, I have this one opportunity to do this. That's ridiculous to be like, I'm, I feel alone in this. Like there should be this incredible community of like mu indigenous musicians and there, and there are too. And it's not like, I'm. it's not like there aren't, but like yeah, within, few and far between. yeah, within indie rock, which is my genre that I, you know, play, like I barely see any folks and it's, it's such an interesting topic because sometimes when I talk about it, I was talking to somebody, um, Oh, like last year and they're like seems like you're mad about indigenous people not being in the music industry and I was like no I'm not <laughs> I just feel so passionate about it because I want there to be more space and so it's like a weird like people have so many different thoughts and feelings about it but anyway um what was I gonna say I think within film and entertainment though there's like so many cool things like to be seen and um, so many like incredible like shows and things happening. But within, you know, what we're talking about right now, like I see a lot of other indigenous musicians doing things like my friend Ray Zaragoza, like she is, you know, living her dream. She was going, she just did her like first headline tour last year and like she's on Broadway right now. And then I see uh, Marie Sue, who's like this incredible folk singer and like she's mm -hmm. like, this incredible activist and like just doing all of these wonderful things like my friend Mato Ayuhi he's like doing his thing and just so like whenever when I say like I feel alone and I feel like there needs to be more space I also try and think like well there are there are indigenous people and I've always sort of wanted to like have like this like friend group like friend circle right <laughs> like we meet up and we're like all right so what do we do next <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I think that's where I where I feel about it and or, like yeah and so because and and I know that like when somebody listens to this podcast they're gonna be like well there's this person and that person and there are too like yeah definitely but not in comparison to the whole music scene in general. <laughs> I mean, like you said, there's plenty out there. It's just the exposure and opportunity to hear them. Are there any specific artists or genres out there that have influenced your sound? I always try and think like, what's the best way to answer this question? So like, 
I feel like my music is heavily influenced by like my culture and you know like where where I come from and so what tribe or nation are you a citizen of uh I'm a member of the Swinomish Indian tribal community and that's where I grew up and that's where I currently live and I also have uh, family and connections to the Colville tribe and to the Anupak people. Um, Colville is from my dad's side. Um, and from my dad's side, I'm also Swinomish. Uh, and then Anupak is from my mom's side. Um, and so, uh, yeah, that's the, when I talk about like the, the culture and the foundation of the music, I talk about the community that I was raised in. And so Swinomish. And, um, and my dad's kind of like his style of, of singing too, which like comes from like powwow singing, but like, just like very beautiful melodies and heartfelt, like cultural singing. So that has influenced my music a lot. And just in, in the sense of like, this is how I treat music and this is how I treat this way of creating like with a, a lot of respect and um wanting to um create from a place of love and so um I think that's probably why I'm like walking around and being like I don't know if I want to play today because because <laughs> it because my dad always says like play from your heart you know and then there's this other like very I think very much lives within a lot of native community households that is like, that says like, do, you know, do something. Uh, well, what is it? It's like, um, you have to come from a good place, like doing something from a good place. Like if you're not coming from a good place, what you're doing is going to, you know, you're going to have negativity or whatever, or bad thoughts within, within the work, within the food, within whatever you're doing. So come from a good place. So that's, that's, that's a part of it. And then also like, because where I live and grew up and where my homelands are in Coast Salish territory, um, I got really into the, the music scene. And so there's a, there was a lot of like local music, but also local music that turned into mainstream music within the grunge scene, within Riot Girl, within like these like kind of DIY um, underground spaces. And so I got into just rock and was very enthralled. Your music often touches on environmental and social issues. How do you see the role of musicians in raising awareness about these issues and indigenous issues in general? Okay. I think there are, there are like multiple ways in which we can accomplish this, if that's the goal. I think that like with music in general, like mm -hmm. sound, like sound I, I, I thoroughly enjoy like the feelings that I get with sound. Like that's something that I, it's very meaningful to me. Like whenever I hear a song and I get excited about something and it motivates me to do something or it makes me feel a certain way, that's something that is really cool to me. And so I think that sound like can help impact somebody and, you know, motivate them, inspire them to, you know, create change in their community mm -hmm. to do things to like you know um, be artists themselves and then I think that there's the the work that musicians actually do in within their platforms of however 
whoever they are, if if they have a big platform, if they have a small platform, just the type of work that can be accomplished in like creating change within like environmental and social things. And so like, you know, whether it's online or if it's like going out and participating in things, organizing, um, I see a lot of that. And, uh, so, but also like, I, I want to bring something up too. Like I saw, I saw somebody write this on Instagram and they were saying like, it was like, let's, let's get rid of the word like activist and let's just all just be and just, you know, come together and we don't have to try and be activists. We can just like be in our communities and trying to create change and it doesn't have to be this whole thing. Like, and that really stood out to me too. Cause I've always had a hard time feeling like I was an activist within like music. Like, yeah. Yeah. My mom calls me an activist cause she's proud <laughs> of me. She's like, you're an activist. But I've always just been like, I don't know if I'm an activist. Like, what I see as an activist is somebody like going out on the front lines, like with a sign and like, and I'm really shy and I get really scared about being in public situations like that. And so my, if I'm an activist, my active, my activism is more so like behind the scenes. Like I will help, you know, create spreadsheets and like things like that, like (laughs) that sort of thing. Um, And not so much be like public facing, even though my band is, public facing yeah so there's on stage yeah yeah um but it's like it's this different element too so um that really stuck out to me because i it sort of gave me permission to feel like an activist even though i didn't necessarily have to identify with the word activist um so that's something too that i've was think i've been thinking about lately and have been kind of just processing and you know what that means Um, but yeah, that's a great question. I feel like, I feel like there's a lot to say about that. That could even be its own own podcast because I think there's so many elements that can draw from like social and environmental, um, you know, campaigns that people are, are, are working on. So, yeah. True. True. I look at it as building bridges and building a community. Um, it just, it has to come from within and how you do it, you know? You can be active without the ism in it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> soft, uh, a soft stud received critical acclaim. <laughs> what was the inspiration behind this song? And how did it feel to receive recognition for your work? Oh, just good old queer heartbreak. And <laughs> it was awesome. Like, I, I love that people love that song. And, and I'm like, I should write more songs where I repeat the line over and over again because I think people like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I mean, I I love playing that song also too because there's a guitar solo kind of sometimes feels like maybe at this point it's too long. (laughs) Right. But then when I play, I'm like, no, it's good. As a musician, how do you navigate the balance between staying true to your artistic vision and meeting the expectations of the industry or audience? Yeah, it's hard. Um, yeah, it's it's when you get in capitalism, it's hard. And when you are having to create your art, 
as a form of like a job or career, it's hard. It's mm-hmm. challenging for me. For me, I will say maybe other people don't are like, no, girl, what are you talking about? It's really <laughs> fine. <laughs> but for me, I I I struggle with it because I I um will push myself really hard. Mm-hmm. I I almost pride myself on the fact that I'm a really hard worker. I will work really, really hard and then I'll get burnt out. And then I'll want to like be like, oh, but like music, I love music, remember? And then I'll and then I'll feel tired. That's why I haven't been going to my studio because I'm just like, I'm just tired. Maybe I just want to watch TV today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean... I wish that I could just play music just to play music. But once I um, agree to go on tour and to Mm -hmm. promote something, then it just sort of gets into this different element of like you have to promote. And yeah. Does it put you in a different mindset that you maintain more of a focus? um, hmm, Maintain more of a focus. I don't know if if that's what I do. I I mean, also on the other hand, I really love going on tour. I think it's really fun. And if I was not having fun, I would not do it. And so um, there are definitely times when it gets really exhausting and tiring. Right. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. But when I pull up to a venue at the show, like it's kind of like my my whole thing changes, like all the work that was put into getting there. I'm just like, I'm here. I get to play music on this stage. People are coming to see it. (laughs) And we get to have this really beautiful moment where like I pour my my heart out and try and feel from the audience and then they get something in return. I don't know what. (laughs) But you just you show up and you're there and that's what happens. Right, right. Um but yeah, I think I think that it's something that I I know that there's probably somebody out there that's like, you can just play music in your room and you can be fine. But <laughs> like, I want to, I, I want to go on tour and I, but, and I'm like, I'm aware, I'm like self-aware that there's these things that happen. <laughs> Does it energize you performing to write more songs, to uh, be hmm. more creative, engaging in your stories that you're trying to tell when you go on tour and see the audience <clears throat> reacting to your songs and you? I think what energizes me or the the energy that I get from that is is more so like feelings of community and love and happiness and maybe that yeah that helps with like mm-hmm. wanting to create further but I think that that's something that I try and and bring to concerts is like coming together and this feeling and yeah so yeah I think I don't really know if I have more to say on that (laughs) do you challenge yourself artistically do you think um yeah I think so I felt like I challenged myself definitely artistically in the last album that I did Mm -hmm. um I was a lot more collaborative and I'd always been afraid to be collaborative and um, a variety of reasons. One of it was like trying to prove to myself that I could do everything by myself. And 
that has this whole other element to it of like, you know, just like, just in general, I think people will try and do that. But like when you're an, a native girl that grew up on a reservation that like goes on tour and does this thing and like, you know, doesn't see a lot of yourself and, you know, out there, like there are these weird things that go on in your brain where you're like, (laughs) I have to prove that I have to be this way (laughs) so that I can feel, you know, I don't know. So there's that too. And then, and then I sort of started being like, well, that was really hard. (laughs) It's hard (laughs) to do that. Maybe I want some help. And this last album, I stepped into that zone of wanting more help and wanting to feel into this collaborative way. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that was something where I felt like I pushed myself, um, with just with like working with people and hearing people's opinions and thoughts about how my music should go (laughs) and like certain things. And so that puts in a different element too, which was really cool. Like it was really awesome to, to be able to do that. Um, I worked with a producer, her name's Takia Reed and she's in this incredible band called divide and dissolve. Um, she, uh, is black and and Cherokee. And so we wanted to kind of fuse together our identities and like, you know, figure out like, what is this Black Belt Eagle Scout music? Mm -hmm. Um, And through her, we really like invited people in to play on the album, to, you know, sing on the album and to kind of open up this little Black Belt Eagle Scout book a little bit more. And rather than like people being able to just like see the the front cover, I was like, here, let's, you know, first chapter, (laughs) come in (laughs) to the creative process. Here's the book. (laughs) So is this something that you're looking forward to doing again? Is there anyone in particular that you want to collaborate with? I actually like for the next album, I don't know what I want to do. Um, I definitely am open to collaborating with people in the future. I am picky though. Like I, I want to have a good connection with Mm -hmm. somebody. And so I, I live in uh, my reservation and there aren't any producers (laughs) where I live. (laughs) And so I'm a little bit like isolated from that realm right now of, like I don't live in like Los Angeles or like New York City where like you go someplace and maybe there's a producer that you run yeah. into. <laughs> you bump like, into them down the street. And, yeah. yeah. That would be cool if yeah. there were producers here on my reservation, but my reservation is really small, so there aren't. Um, so I honestly kind of want, and this is another like prove to myself moment, I really have been wanting to um, – record an album all by myself like I think that's a goal that I have which also like isn't it isn't like I feel like sometimes I should feel bad because of I'm like trying to prove to myself that I can do this but also aren't that aren't those what goals are you know trying to get to a goal so like I, I can do the things in an album which is like I you know, I can produce an album. I can play pretty much all the instruments on an album. I can like help, you know, I can create this album, but I haven't ever been able 
to record an album because I don't know how to record. I sort of do, but like mm-hmm. I'm I'm not like a, you know, professional recording engineer. Like I set up this microphone <laughs> and I have it and I have a little small interface and I, you know, remembered you know I have to yeah, and like I remembered I have to jiggle the little thing to make it, you know. And like slides that. up and down and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and like I can like piece together something. And so my that that is something in my life that I would be so proud of myself if I did. If I recorded an album all by myself. And if it was able to be out there and like, you know, I could tour it and I could, you know, have it physically available and people would listen to it. So that's been something that I've been slowly working on in, Mm -hmm. in, in my artistry is creating, um, creating a a studio uh, where I can do that. And so like, it's expensive to create like a really nice studio. Like you don't have to buy all this equipment. And like, if you want, like nice sounding things you sort of have to buy maybe nicer equipment not always but like at least a really nice microphone um so there are these slow processes that i've been going towards um so i might i might do that i told people i would oops Uh (laughs) i know oops now it's out there (laughs) oops oops um i might do that or i might work with someone else we'll see but i am it is a goal of mine so um to create this studio um, I've always wanted to actually like have my own podcast. Really? So yeah. Um, I've been thinking a lot ab- about that this last year. And so like, how, how do you like it? <laughs> I love it. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's inspiring for me being a creative on doing something completely different. Um, cause I do have two podcasts. There's beyond the art, which is mainly focused on the native American art world, everything from musical performances, film, uh, the arts and the crafts and culinary arts. It's all encapsulated into this show, uh, beyond the art about the native American indigenous art world. The other one is called beyond the design, which is my day job. Um, I created and launched a furniture collection, uh, about six years ago, that's Native American inspired from my heritage. I'm Cherokee in Delaware. So I talked to designers and architects and landscape architects and manufacturers and things. So uh, I'm getting off, off rail, but I love it. I, I really, truly love it. It takes a lot of time. Um, I have a producer. Uh, we're a one-stop shop. We do have a studio, but it's about the booking and the follow-up and the editing and it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not going into it and not knowing. It'd be like you just being thrown into a recording studio. It's like, oh, crap. What do I do? Oh, okay. I push this button. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, yeah. But it's fun. It's fun because I have that opportunity to make meet a lot of uh, amazing individuals like yourself uh, that I probably would not have met otherwise in this world and hearing their st- stories and journeys and how they've kind of interconnected and same experiences for myself and the audience. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a good way to broaden the horizon of myself, but others out there that are interested in what you do and what others do. Cool. That's awesome. Long winded answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I've been fortunate to just be able to be on people's podcasts. And so like from a technical aspect, like 
I've seen the stuff that people use and that's what, what I think that's a part of like my interest. I'm like, I have microphones. Maybe I should, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, there's, plus there's various extremes of how you want to do a podcast. There's podcasts that people do from their homes. There's podcasts that like we do, we do in a studio and we do have professional equipment. We're also on YouTube. So there's a visual component since we're talking about Native American yeah. art world. Uh, people want to see um or you could do it, you know, in your car with your phone. I've seen people actually yeah. do podcasts on their phone. So yeah, it just, you know, how you want to do it and how you want to get the word out and the experience yeah. for the end user listener. I'd probably try out all of the gear because I'm a little bit obsessive about things like that. Like I, I like to figure out like exactly what I want. And so I'd right. probably try out all of the gear. <laughs> I saw someone, <laughs> I was interviewed uh, in Santa Fe and, um, I, uh, the, the interviewer, she had like this, like, just like this suitcase full of like, kind of like gear and like, it was really cool. I, I can't remember what it is. I took a photo of it, but it's like, like just showing up somewhere with your right. like, suitcase of gear and like, like things like that seem cool oh, to yeah. me. Jesse yeah. actually has a suitcase <laughs> cause we've done, uh, on-site interviews sometimes, not in studio yeah. interviews. And so he has his equipment he sets up. We have the light, so I look pretty and, you know, we sound good. <laughs> and um, But I, I like the studio environment because it's it's nice, it's comforting. I think it's comforting for the person on the other side. Um, so, yeah, try it out. Cool. Never know. Yeah, I probably will at some point, maybe this yeah. year, but it depends how busy I am. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, you know, you got you got a good platform and and a good sound, and you know, as you said early on in our as we began began this, you know, the other musicians out there, and the ones that are in the rural areas that are making a sound and they're very unique, and helping them elevate themselves so people can hear what they have to say. Yeah, I think that's also I like I love listening to podcasts, and so like. And I don't like social media. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, man, like if I could just share out what I want to, what I'm working on, what I'm doing in this other way. And I was like, should I have a newsletter? Like, should I? And I was a like, blog. Oh, you, uh, yeah, blog. And I was like, but it'd be really cool to just have a podcast and to just like have people on it who are my friends and we'll talk about what we're doing and I'll share what I'm doing too. And like, you know. And have it be like long format. So like people just turn it on and they're like really long car rides and just listen to conversations. Like that's something that I was like, eh, I should do that. Go watch TV. <laughs> go watch TV. <laughs> or maybe I'll just go watch TV. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway. What motivates and inspires you creatively? Oh, what motivates and inspires me? Um, a lot of things. I think that, um, I think that I get inspired a lot by just like my family and my community and, and, um, you know, what they have gone through in their lives and how that pushes me to continue on with what I'm doing. Um, I got really inspired when, uh, Lily Gladstone won a Golden Globe. Um, and I was like, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> and um, so like things like that, seeing right. other people like succeed is really inspiring. 
and um I get inspired when I like walk down a path and I see like these really beautiful salmon berries and like all those sorts of things like yeah there's a lot that inspires me um and motivates me uh that I need to remember actually so thanks for this question because I need to remember those things sometimes because I think that with a like hustle and bustle of our daily lives like Mm -hmm. I sometimes forget like oh yeah like this is what inspires you you should seek these things out um yeah so you have some tour dates coming up I do you ready to get on get on the road I think so um yeah I think so I uh have a lot to figure out and so yeah that's why I say I think so because I have a lot (laughs) to figure out before that um but I am also really excited for those shows. Um, there's m- the majority of the tour um, is around uh, North America uh, and it's an, a support tour. So I'm opening for a band mm-hmm. and um, it's one of my favorite bands. They're called Slater Kinney. I grew up listening to them. I feel so lucky to be able to open for them, which is like, really cool to be able to like open for your favorite band that you're while growing up. So that will be really fun. Uh, And then I have a handful of like headline shows because I hop on the support tour in like California and then I hop off in um, Minnesota. And so like going like, you know, going to the tour, driving to California and then driving back home, like just added some shows at the beginning and the end. Um, so yeah, that's, I'm kind of following this like formula (laughs) the music (laughs) industry created, which is like when you put out an album, you do a headline tour, you play music festivals, you like, you know, tour all over the world. And then if, and then you do a support tour, like a follow-up tour. So that's like the, the little, uh, route that I'm Mm -hmm. on right now. (laughs) And so I don't know, like if I'm going to tour after this tour, I, I like logistically, like I I could, but it like maybe doesn't also make sense for that little route and the formula. How long is the tour? Uh, about a month. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I guess so. It, I toured all this last year and, and, and it was, it was a lot like mm-hmm. we were pretty much, and I think it was a lot too. Cause I also, I have a day job. And so like I work remote and was working from the road while like traveling. And so that's a lot to just do. Um, and so I'll be doing that again, I, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> I still have to like, you know, tell my work with my work plan, but um, I'm a good worker when I'm on the road. Cause it's right. like, you just get in the van and then you're on the road and you are just sitting there. So like you're working and yeah, but it, it is a lot. And so I don't think, I don't, I don't have any plans to tour after that. Um, I have like maybe one or two like random shows at a festival and yeah. So we'll see how long it'll take for me to tour again <laughs> after this. Like, uh, I'm done. I'm going to watch TV. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good shows. I was just watching Echo last night. I have to catch that. It's it was good. <laughs> I got to catch up. Got to catch right. up on the shows. 
I'm so waiting for Res Dogs to come back. It's like it's got to come back. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. I'm, but <laughs> I, I mean, like, I would be into a spinoff of something if they were to happen. You know, but um, Definitely. yeah. So yeah. So what's next for you, KP and Black Belt Eagle Scout? Yeah, I um, I'm gonna be putting out this like kind of music documentary really? uh, video. Yeah. It's, Very it's cool. just like a short, it's a short, it's a like short, it's, it's a short. So, um, my friend, uh, my friends, um, Evan and Nye, um, Evan did the video work, um, and I've worked with them for a lot of my music videos. So, um, in the Nye's my, uh, touring bandmate and did like the audio for it. Um, but it's basically just like a, uh, live video footage of our concert that we played in Albuquerque, New Mexico mm-hmm. at Sister. And then I think maybe some like tidbits of other things of people at the show. Um, one, like I, I've, I've always wanted to have like live, like here's Black Belt Eagle Scout playing on online. Cause there isn't a lot of that other than like when we do like radio shows or, you know, Stuff like that. And then also Sister in Albuquerque is one of our favorite shows to play. And so I wanted to capture the energy of that show. Um, It's one of those shows where the majority of the people at that show are native. Um, And so it's, it's a really cool experience to be able to like go on tour and then have one of your shows be almost all native people coming out and getting rowdy and like being just fun. And yeah, so that's, that's what's next immediately. And then I don't know, we'll see. I hopefully will walk into my studio and sit at my armchair and look at the woods and write a song. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, KP, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thank you for taking the time and Much continued success to you. Yeah, thanks for having thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we will talk soon then. If you enjoy Beyond the Art, you'll love the American Art Collective podcast, hosted by me, Maggie Civic, and Michael Clausen. The American Art Collective invites listeners into the studios of some of the most important artists working today, as well as gallery owners, auction specialists, and curators from around the country. We celebrate their careers and allow them to share their perspectives of the art market, while also keeping you informed on the latest trends within the art world. The podcast also places a special emphasis on Native American artists, which you can hear in our conversations with top artists. Listen now on Apple, Spotify, or Audible.